This episode is sponsored by Shop Like You Give a Damn, a platform for ethical shopping for those who give a damn. ShopLikeYouGiveADamn.com is the EU's largest 100% vegan online department store for fair and sustainable fashion, cosmetics, and home essentials. Founders Alex, Kim, and Stefan are on a mission to make compassion and sustainability the new normal. That's why they founded this fully vegan, fair, and sustainable marketplace with a heart for inclusivity and social entrepreneurship. On their platform, you will find over 18,000 items from around 400 ethical brands, each carefully curated following their five main values. Vegan, fair, sustainable, inclusive, and social. They give a damn about Mama Earth and all of her inhabitants and encourage you to do the same. Use their criteria, certifications, and material options to filter on the values that matter to you the most. Their message is shop with compassion. Do not buy more than you need and always choose vegan, fair, and as sustainable as possible. Check out the ranges now at shoplikeyougiveadam.com. Hi Rebels, welcome to a new episode of Catwalk Rebel, the podcast where fashion meets compassion. I'm Sasha Camilli, a former fashion industry professional turned vegan fashion expert. I rebelled against fashion convention to stand up for what I believe in. And in this podcast, I will share stories, tips, and thoughts on how to find your style and live a joyful, glamorous life the conscious way. Today's episode is a change of heart episode. If you listen to season one, you might remember the episode with Kim Cantor of House of Fluff, who went from working for a fur company and owning 26 fur coats to selling them all to start a faux fur fashion brand. I love stories like this of people who started out on one end of the fashion industry spectrum and then moved over to the compassionate side. And today I will be talking to someone who has done just that. Another entrepreneur who has also undergone a change of heart. Casey Dworkin, founder and creative director of Sylvan New York. Now, Sylvan New York is a shoe brand offering gorgeous designs, especially ankle boots, my favorite, as you might know. And the brand mostly works with plant-based leathers, you know, apple leather, that sort of thing. But until quite recently, Sylvan was a leather label. They launched in 2017 as a leather shoe brand. That's right, this brand has gone from specializing in animal leather to offering only 100% vegan designs. Today, I'll be having a chat with Casey to learn more about her and her brand's journey from leather to vegan. So let's dive in. Okay, great. So hi, Casey. So great to have you on Catwalk Rebel. Thank you so much. It's uh, so lovely to be here with you today. I was just looking at your website and just drooling over all of the amazing shoes. You know, ankle boots are totally my thing, as anyone who has listened to this podcast knows. (laughs) And your like silver metallic ones, they're just a work of art. Such beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Ankle boots are also my thing. So I, uh, I, I love designing boots. Yeah, I can tell because they're really, really, really beautiful. I can tell you put your heart and soul into what you do. 
Thank you. So um, could you just tell us about, well, first of all, how did you get started in fashion? How did you know that fashion is what you wanted to do and you wanted to start a fashion brand? So I got started in the fashion industry, like my, my first ever job. Um, I was 15 years old and a lot of my friends started working in food service or, you know, various different, like whatever everyone's first job is. And there was a really high end boutique in my neighborhood and I wanted to work there. So like my, since I've been able to be a part of the workforce, I've been in the fashion industry in some capacity. So I started in high end retail from a really, really young age Um, And just got to watch people put together outfits and express themselves. And I kind of rose through the retail industry all the way through when I started to to get ready to to figure out what I wanted to study in college. Um, And I was just so enamored by the industry. I just wanted to learn as much about it as I could. Um, So I decided I was going to go to school for fashion. Um, But it really started like I, I just was drawn to it from from the time I could get my first job. And I've been in the fashion industry ever since. Yeah, that sounds like a, like a journey fueled by, by passion. What led Absolutely. you to shoes? Uh, why shoes? Why did you start a shoe brand of all things? So shoes were something that I never realized were like my main passion, but I I was always enamored by the fashion industry, worked in retail from super young age. Um, But when I was even younger, like just figuring out what pair of shoes I wanted to wear felt like the ultimate form of expression. You know, like I would design my outfits from the ground up, which I still Mm do. Um, But I was always on the search for usually like the perfect pair of boots or how I felt like I wanted to be presented in the world. And there's something so practical about footwear, but there's also something that's so substantial about it. You know, like you can wear one pair of shoes and have that be kind of your signature. And there was just something about the way shoes completed a look um, that I just really fell in love with. Um, And it became a really interesting part of the industry I wanted to learn more about. And then I just really fell into it, starting with passion and then kind of ending with how complicated and wonderful they are. Like the shoe industry has so many different facets. Shoes are really complicated to make. And I think that that extra challenge of figuring out how to make something that is functional and durable, but also fashionable, kind of lived at the intersection of all of the different interests that I had. Yeah, I remember I talked to um, a journalist who wrote a book about shoes of, of a year or so ago, and she mentioned the like what you said just now, how complicated they are and how many components go into creating a shoe. So that must be must have been such a like a fascinating journey to learn about what goes into actually totally. making a shoe. And it's an ongoing journey too. Like every shoe you make has a little bit of a new different challenge based on what your vision is and how it's designed. So I feel like that's kind of, it's like, it's a never ending journey, which is something that I really love because I'm constantly finding new things and new ways of making things. And I think that's, um, that kind of discovery is something that I also really love and am drawn to. What about um, the sustainability part of your journey? Did you know from the beginning that you wanted your brand to be a sustainable fashion brand or did, you, did that come later or how did that come into it? Absolutely. So sustainability is something that like, I, I joke that it's in my blood. I happen to be born on Earth Day. Oh, so right. I saw that. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've been really drawn to since I was a small child. Um, I just got really into being in sync with the earth and um, like really it started kind of with a reverence for nature. Um, and then I started getting into sustainable activism when I was really young, um, well before I knew anything about sustainability within the fashion industry, because at that point there really weren't conversations being had. Um, but I loved um, I loved advocating for sustainability and sustainable practices on kind of more of a, a day-to-day level. Um, and then when I started to work within the industry, I worked for a few different brands for the first about five years of my career um, and started to realize that there was such a there was a way to infuse sustainability into fashion. So when I launched my own line, it really became like the guiding pillar. Like I, I knew I wanted a sustainable footwear brand. And so from the get-go, from the start, like all of the decision-making processes, even down to the name, because um, the name Sylvan means like a, a mythical forest spirit. So it's always been very wow, rooted in beautiful. nature. Thank you. And how, how to coexist with nature um, and how to do it in a, in a lo- more luxurious way. And kind of I, I set out to create the type of shoe brand that I had never seen in existence prior. So how did you, um, before you were a vegan brand, obviously, um, most shoe brands out there use leather. What was your thinking around choosing the type of leather that you would use for your brand? back when you were using animal leathers? When I first, so even prior to starting Sylvan New York, I was in the shoe industry and like leather is always equated with luxury. It's been, you know, used for centuries for all different types of purposes. Um, So I was pretty well versed in leather and I was constantly figuring out like what other options are there. So I, I launched Sylvan New York in 2017. um, And at the time there was maybe one, vegan leather on the market that wasn't just uh, polyurethane or a, a straight up fully virgin plastic vegan leather. And I oh, just, yeah. I wasn't even really, just pineapple leather back then. I think it was. I think Tech yeah. is the exactly. only one in 2017. And while I think it's a beautiful material, it, it didn't suit my needs. Um, so I was, I was launching and I was trying to find like, all right, well, is there a way I can make non-leather shoes? And they're the only options that I really found that weren't fully plastic were, um, like recycled denims and cottons and kind of more textile based fabrics that are good for for some instances. Exactly. Especially not for boots and not for like a New York city boot where, you know, you need durability and you, there's all sorts of weather Um, so I kind of had it on the back burner that I wanted to do some type of vegan shoe, but I wasn't willing to make it fully in plastic. So I started to look into what other leather options were there. Could I work with, um, excess like off cuts of leather from bigger companies? Um, cause my production runs were so small. I was looking at vegetable tans leathers, which I was using for a little while, which use far fewer chemicals, Um, and use a lot more plant-based dyes and treatments in order to treat the leather. Um, But of course, it's still uh, not a perfect solution. And so I was kind of teetering on this balance of like finding the best solution for what my needs were while continuing to do research to figure out what else could I use in the future. So when did your, well, I know you a transition to a fully vegan brand uh, last year, but when was your turning point 
with leather. When did you realize that you wanted to take your brand fully vegan? Did that have anything to do with the fact that new plant-based leathers were available on the market or how did that come about? Absolutely. So I, I wanted to work with a vegan material that wasn't plastic. Um, so I was doing a ton of research um, and in 2019, um, I found a new material that was just coming out on the market called apple leather that I continue to use um, to this day. And it came from Italy. I started, I was starting to work with factories in Italy in 2019 as well. Um, and so I, I did kind of a test. I, I, I transitioned half of my collection. So I was making the same style I would do, you know, I would design a boot and then I was offering it in two colors that were a vegetable tans leather and two colors that were this new apple leather. So I, I essentially was making the supply chain that I work with now, um, was, you know, finding a way to make it fully vegan, as plant-based as possible, as many natural vegan materials as possible, just to see what that looked like. And then also kind of testing it with the market and saying, you know, what does my customer want? My customer is a sustainable customer first and foremost, and kind of letting them dictate to me, you know, are you guys interested in something that's vegan or something that's plant-based versus leather? And then I kind of took it upon myself to educate on the strengths and weaknesses of the leather industry and the strengths and weaknesses of the vegan leather industry. Um, and so I was, I was half and half, uh, for about a year and a half. So 2019, I launched my first ever plant-based styles. And then after working with them for two years, really getting to know the vendors, getting to see how the market was reacting and what kinds of styles were working and really just looking at the environmental impact that leather had in general. Like I, I tested it. I saw firsthand that a, the shoes were just as beautiful and just as high quality and sitting next to an expensive vegetable tanned Italian leather um, is sort of the ultimate visual test, right? Like you have the identical shoe in two different materials. So if the vegan material doesn't look just as good as that expensive leather material, like you can see it on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, so it passed every test. It was just as luxurious looking and feeling. The boots themselves were were doing great in these colors I was testing in the apple leather. And um, it was such a cool, innovative, new offering. And it still is. You know, it's there's still so much education left and um, people are still discovering new vegan materials. And, and I'm discovering new vegan materials all the time. Um, but I, I saw that it was working and that the shoes looked great. Uh, and so after working with them for about two years, I was like, what a, this is so exciting. I loved the new material. Um, I loved the innovation of it. I love that I didn't have to rely on animal leathers. Um, and then the, the more you get into the vegan space, the more, you know, everything starts to come to light and all of the things that we in the vegan space know about factory farming and the animal agriculture industry and all of the terrible, terrible pitfalls of the leather industry, I no longer needed to support. And so it was a really easy decision for me once I had really set up my supply chain and really taken on that new type of production. Um, it was exciting and was an opportunity to say, you know, the, the greatest thing we can do on so many levels from eliminating our resource usage and our carbon footprint and our water usage. And there's just so many, so many reasons why the leather industry is, is such a, a difficult, um, 
difficult industry in general, um, but to not have to support that anymore because we had a better option that looked and felt just as good um, felt like a no brainer. And so we made this commitment and said, we're, we're completely done with that. And we're just going to keep exploring this new world of, of material innovation. That sounds so interesting. What you said about how you offered your consumers, there was a time when you were offering your consumers both options so they could choose whether they wanted that design in an animal skin or an apple leather. Uh, what was the response like to that? Did people understand what apple leather was? Were they interested in it? What sort of feedback did you see from consumers when you were still sort of using both? It was kind of the best test. Like it, it was a really great case study in learning um, you know, who leads the conversation? Is it the brand saying, hey, this is what we really believe in and this is what we think is best for the market? It was kind of a combination of that plus consumers saying, you know, a vegan customer always wants a vegan product. And like, that's like, it, it makes total sense. If you're already not supporting uh, any animal products, like, of course, you're going to go for a vegan option. But I feel like the true test is if you have a customer who isn't sure what is best for them yet, and they say, you know, we have a white apple leather boot, or we have a cognac, like if it's not uh, cognac leather, if we don't have the exact same color, like I was finding that the customer was more interested in the material, they were interested in the in the fashion color, um, and then the story becomes kind of an added bonus. So it's been interesting because we cater to both a vegan and a non-vegan market. And I think that's really where our strength lies is that our shoes are supposed to be for everyone. It's not a vegan shoe for just for the vegan community. And I think that's especially true because we transitioned from having leather products that we get to say, like, this is just a superior material because of its properties, because of how it's made, because of what it's not made from, um, and because of the innovative new ways that the, the industry is heading. Um, and so we were really just seeing nothing but positive feedback. Of course, our vegan community, like I had vegan friends who were from the get-go were like, okay, well, let us know when you're fully vegan. And I kind of <laughs> laughed at it and was like, you know, maybe, maybe one day maybe I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> exactly. And then of course they were all right. And it happened much sooner. Like I always thought there was a possibility, um, but it really was so dependent on the material landscape and the new invention of plant-based materials. So it's, it's the apple leather, but it's also the types of linings I'm using. Like I, I work with apples, I work with corn and seeds, I work with coconut husks, um, and I work with like a cured tree sap. Like there's so many different types of components, um, again, because shoes are so complex. Um, but it, I, I'm really working in tandem with the materials and component industries themselves in order to make the best, most sustainable version of the shoes that I can. Do you find that the industry has evolved in the last few years? Is it easier for you to talk to suppliers now? Is there more of an understanding of what you're looking for in terms of vegan materials? Do you think there's more demand in the industry for this kind of material? And so the industry is more aware of them. I can imagine it was quite different in 2017 when we only had a few brands doing this sort of thing. Totally. I think we've come a super long way and I think we have even further to go. Um, I think people, even still, there were certain factories I would talk to and they, they thought I was kind of crazy because I, I was a super early adopter. I was really one of the first U.S. brands 
to be working with apple leather and certainly with full plant components across the types of shoes that I'm making, um, which in some instances is really exciting, but it does really come with a lot of challenges of people not understanding or not knowing what they are yet. Um, but now, I mean, there's so many more terms that I, like if I just say I make um, working with plant leathers or, you know, people are, are starting to get more information, but there's still so much education needed in this space. Um, and we're, we're getting there because there are so many more materials now that exist that didn't exist at all in 2017 um, or even in 2019, like the developments are, are happening at such a rapid rate. And there's a ton of funding going into these. They're called next generation materials is really what the industry has dubbed them. And they're the, the plant and bio-based um, leathers and, and components. And, and there's a ton of funding that's going into that space. So I think people are becoming more and more aware. Um, but it's, it's also kind of a fun challenge to be at the forefront of that um, and to be the one spreading the the good word on on where the industry is heading and hopefully kind of leading the industry as it continues um, to adopt more and more vegan and sustainable practices. God, it's really been an incredible development. And I really agree with you on how how the variety of materials has evolved in just the last few years. Uh, when my book came out in 2019, my book Vegan Style, I had a lot of different um, plant leathers in there, but already since then, so many new things have come out. We have cactus leather now. There's just so, so much more that's happening. And it's it's amazing to see just the amount of choice we have now in the vegan fashion area. So what are your some of the materials that you most enjoy working with when it comes to your brand and why? So I've been working with Apple. I feel like I've become the Apple leather brand. Um, and it was really the first material I found that met all of my needs aesthetically, functionally, performance wise. Um, so I, I always have to uh, pay homage to Apple leather because it, it really has been such a, a fantastic material for me. Um, my coconut husk insoles in, in my sneaker that I have, if you lift up the insole of the shoe itself, you can see like little coils of the coconut husk, um, which I just find so delightful. I love that you can really see the plant that goes into it, but that it's also an interior component. So it's like, it's almost just like a, a little secret just for the wearer. Um, but then you also get the amazing plant properties of the coconut husks themselves. So they're naturally antimicrobial and antibacterial. Um, so they, they really, from a performance perspective, really uh, add to the makeup of the shoe um, on on many levels, not just sustainably, but also functionally. Um, and then I've got a lot of different material partners that I'm in talks with right now, um, which is super exciting. I feel like and as an added benefit of being such an early adopter, um, I've gotten really entrenched in the material space, even as a, a shoe designer. Like I, I now know a lot of founders of uh, emerging material companies or companies that are uh, developing uh, new types of components within existing companies. Um, so uh, within the next few years, I'm sure we're, we're going to see an entire evolution of, of Sylvan's material makeup. Um, and I'm excited to share as, as new things come out, the different types of plant material partners I work with. So when you choose a new material to work with, what are your criteria? What do you look for when you source materials? 
first off the bat is my the the aesthetic. Like it has to pass the aesthetic test um, because the goal is to to make the biggest impact on a on the industry. I believe it really needs to be a one to one like substitution. So the goal is to get the people who wouldn't necessarily be buying vegan materials. It's not just a vegan shoe. It's a beautiful, luxurious, innovative material. So first off the bat, it has to look like uh, either it looks like a, a dupe for leather itself, or it just has a unique quality that just makes it visually stunning so that, you know, it, it's got to have shelf appeal is kind of what I, what I go by first. Um, and then once it passes that test, I ask for all the different types of certifications. Um, there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of certifications that differ based on region. Um, but I, I love to look at the life cycle analysis on, on kind of a more technical level. Um, I look at the, the material makeup. Um, obviously, the goal for us is to find as, as like the, the highest content of plant and bio-based materials. So, you know, there's uh, somebody was showing me a sneaker sole maybe two, three years ago. Um, and they were calling it an almond sole, but the almond makeup was 5%. Oh. Like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I feel like if I eat a bag of almonds, I'm 5% almond, you know, that doesn't make me almond based. So, you know, it's funny that we talk a lot about greenwashing from a consumer standpoint, but that exists a lot at the, on the back end of things as well. So, you know, if, if there's not a high enough plant component, like, uh, we're, we're not trying to, to use plants just to uplift our agenda, we're really trying to make sure that the material components themselves are as close to, to natural as possible so that we're, we're not using as many resources. Um, so, you know, they've got to have a high plant and bio-based quality. Um, and then they have to be workable for shoes. So they're, they're, they have to have a little bit of stretch. Um, when they when the factory is testing out new materials, you know the the final product needs to look smooth. I mean, it needs to look like a, a luxury level shoe. So we have to make sure that the material itself um, moves and stretches and and plays the way that uh, a different type of material might. I think that's so important what you said there that it has to perform well on aesthetics as I feel like that is something that has evolved a lot in the years that I have been vegan. But I remember when I first was starting to look into vegan fashion and there wasn't much at all out there. And what was yeah. out there was maybe not, well, let's say it was the kind of company that had ethics first and maybe style second. And I feel oh. that the development of vegan fashion into the mainstream has been really dependent on brands that have placed value in the style factor as that, like you said, will be a determining factor of whether people actually buy your product or not. So it's, I think it's so, so crucial that we don't just focus on the ethics of it, but it has to also look good because that's, let's be honest, that's why we buy clothes and accessories. Absolutely. I feel like I, I try to put an equal emphasis on both, but it has to pass the, it has to pass the visual test because that's how people shop. You're absolutely right. Like it's, it's about an emotional connection to the product itself. So if then I could make the most sustainable shoe under the sun, but if nobody wants to wear it, then it's not going to do anyone any good. Exactly. And I think it really helps to, you know, 
help to dispel that stereotype of ethical fashion looking a certain way. I think we've really like come beyond that. Uh, Absolutely. When I was starting out, I do remember that sort of earthy type of look connected to ethical fashion. And I think that we're kind of over that now. We're in a different space where sustainable fashion doesn't have to look a specific way. It just looks like fashion, which is really what we need. We're in the post-crunchy era. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So have you had any, well, I guess I imagine the answer to this is yes, but have you found any challenges to becoming a vegan brand? And if so, uh, how have you overcome them? Definitely. I mean, there, there, for me, there are far more benefits than there are challenges. Um, but in terms of challenges, um, from a production standpoint, I mean, my factories, I, I'm very often the first brand that's ever worked with them that they've come into contact with. So there's a lot of patience in the development phase. Um, and it takes us a little bit longer and maybe a couple of additional prototypes to figure out the best way to work with the materials because you want to work with them, of course, and not against them. Um, So it it can be challenging. And sometimes it means I have to change um, certain designs. You know, it'll, sometimes I have to add extra seams or um, change design details just based on the way the material is structured. Um, So that certainly becomes a challenge. Um, And then I think also one of the big challenges is that people just don't, there's not enough information out as well. So I'm kind of working on doing my own campaigns, but I'm the, I'm the designer and the educator and, you know, the, the material, you know, the, the resident material expert. Um, whereas a lot of people who just have brands that they're at the helmet that they're designing for, they get to spend all day making product. And I, I spend most of the day talking about the product, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, um, that's one part of being, you know, a founder and, you know, the creative driver behind something that you're sort of, you get to do a lot of different, you wear different, lots of different hats, basically. Absolutely. And, and, and I love it. I really yeah. do love it. But it's certainly a little bit different um, than, you know, when I've worked for brands that, you know, the product was footwear, but now the product is footwear, sometimes made from apples, sometimes made from coconuts. So it just comes with, uh, comes with some added dialogue. can imagine that. So uh, what's your, if you have any advice for other brands who are thinking of making the switch that's similar to what you did, so going completely vegan, um, do you have any advice for someone like that? Oof, I have so many, so many, so many pieces of advice I could share. I feel like first and foremost, it has to come from a genuine place. I think a lot of the industry is trying to chase the vegan or the sustainable market um, because of, you know, it's a big trend right now. Um, but consumers are smart and they're, they have access to more information than they ever had. And just making a capsule collection, you know, you can do one thing slightly in a different way, but if the rest of your supply chain is a mess and, you know, you're not paying your workers fairly, but you're making a vegan product, like there's so many different things to consider. So I think it's going, going into it, with uh, an open mind and like a true passion to say, you know, we want to do things correctly and the right way and see, see things through from start to finish. Um, the other thing I would say is that it's, it's a super exciting time to be working in this space. Um, and there's so many new materials that exist that never did before. So it's, 
certainly there's, there's never been a time like the present to make a decision to work with better materials. That is definitely true. And yeah, very exciting to see what else the future will bring in this space. I feel like, yeah, it's, we, we live in a very, very exciting time to be, to be working in this sort of space. And it, I think it can only get better from here. Definitely. I think the next five years, we're going to see, uh, you know, more innovation in, in the fashion space than we have in a long time. Yeah. And I think that innovation is, you know, very much likely to be vegan because already now, if you look at most material innovation overall, it, mo it mostly is plant-based or in some form vegan. So uh, I think we're headed in a really interesting direction. When it comes to materials, it's it's super exciting. I definitely think plant based materials are the future. I definitely agree, and yeah, very exciting to see what will come next. What's next for you and your brand? I'm currently working on some new styles, so I'm I'm building out my assortment to include some higher heels, some more kind of special occasion um, pumps and strappy sandals. Um, some more boots, really just kind of expanding on the core key styles that I have. Um, and then working with some new material partners, as I kind of hinted at before, I've got about three or four major companies that I'm talking to um, and figuring out, you know, what's the best way to, to debut these new partnerships. Well, that sounds super exciting. Can't wait to see uh, what you come up with. And thank you so, so much, Casey, for Coming on Catwalk Rebel, it's been really exciting to talk to you and really interesting to find out more about your journey. Thank you so much. And for your everything you've done for the vegan fashion industry, um, it's there's something to be said for you've seen so much evolve and the way that you've stuck with it and, and the, the stories you've reported on. I'm always uh, I've been a big fan of yours for a while. Oh, thank you so much. No, same. Definitely same. Amazing. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about Casey and check out Sylvan's stunning shoes, and you definitely should, then go to sylvannewyork.com or follow the brand on Instagram and TikTok at sylvannewyork. I will put all of the links in the show notes. Please do connect with me on Instagram. We are at CatwalkRebel and you can find me at Sasha Camilli on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. If you like this episode, then please, please leave a review in the podcast app. This will literally make my day if you do so. Thanks to David Camilli for our music and sound production. And thank you so, so much to all of you for tuning in today. I will talk to you again soon. And in the meantime, have a fabulous, rebellious day. Bye, Rebels. Bye.